0: Well, good morning. Welcome to beautiful Michigan! Wow! (laughs) Uh, That's funny. And welcome to those of you at Northridge, Grosseel, and our other regional campuses. If you're watching online, it's just great to have you here. And if you're like in some warm place like Zambia, We had like 84 inches of snow last night. Uh, That's a little exaggeration, but seriously, how can one day it be like 70 and the next day you have over a foot of snow? I I was really cocky early in the day yesterday. I sent out an Instagram while I was coming in and there was snow on the road. and, And I said, if you're gonna live in Michigan, you might as well love it. You know, and I was really excited about the day. And then last night, after our Saturday night service, driving home in 15 inches of snow, I got home and there was on our deck this table that had like that much snow on it. And I basically apologized for my first Instagram and said, are you kidding me? (laughs) Seriously. So, you know, wow. Uh, But uh, welcome. Thanks for making the drive. Thanks for coming in. And thanks for caring enough about your spiritual journey that you would invest yourself in a weekend like this. And I'm really excited about this weekend and next weekend. We're doing a thing called All In Year Two. Last year we kicked up a series on All In, which I'll mention in a minute. And, and this year we're just going to take a quick refocus on that. And I'm glad that whether you're a guest or a regular attender, you can hopefully be inspired by that. A couple of months ago, I I had the privilege of being part of two hospital dedications in the country of Zambia, and each of the dedications was over two hours long, so I had a ton of time sitting in the front. I was uh, among the people who were speaking, and so I was looking at, at the crowds, and I had a ton of time to watch them and had a ton of time to listen to those who were speaking and to hear about the gratitude over all the profound things that they knew were going to happen because of these, these hospitals that we had participated in building. I, I only had the privilege of being a part of these dedications over in Zambia because this church family, the Northridge family, sacrificially and generously invested of themselves financially to, to help build these two hospitals and there facing these people and listening to all these profound words of impact I had this thought our mission as a church family is profoundly important, I mean profoundly I mean because of our mission and its impact I was sitting halfway around the world listening to people talk about how their lives were changing because of this church in a place called Michigan. They don't even know where it is. You see, we're called to wake the world up to Jesus. That's what we're called to do. And if you're a guest, we want you to get a glimpse into our mission and into some of the stories unfolding as a result of it. While sitting there halfway around the world, it hit me in a brand new way. We get to be part of, and I hope you'll get this, we get to be part of the most important activity in the world. And I know very often in our day-to-day, we can be envious and jealous of people who get to do other things and experience other things and be uh, participating in other vocational experiences that might have more financial impact and reward. And I know we have day-to-day struggles, but, but sitting there halfway around the world, I realized we, as, as believers here, as a part of this church family, get to be part of the most important activity in the world. Because as I was watching and listening to these people, I realized that Jesus is what they desperately need. Oh, they have lots of needs and lots of challenges, and the hospitals are meant to help them with them, but but their needs go deeper, and Jesus is what these people really need. And then I started thinking about the, the broader globe that we live on, and I realized Jesus is what all people need. I mean, just think about it, and I did, sitting there in Zambia, according to the Bible, Jesus is peace. So if people are ever going to find peace, and I'd say people are struggling to figure the peace thing out in our world, if, if they're ever going to find peace, they have to find Jesus, because Jesus is peace. Jesus, the Bible tells us, is, is the only source of purpose. And so if we're ever going to find our purpose, and every one of us is struggling to find purpose, and why we exist, and what's the reason for the day-to-day, and... And if we're ever going to find purpose, we have to find Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the source for all that we're looking for, love and healing and forgiveness and salvation and joy and generosity and hope. And so if we're successful in our mission to wake the world up to Jesus, we'll be successful in helping people find everything they're longing for, everything they're looking for, and everything they need. Our mission is profoundly important. What a privilege to be part of it. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, I mean, Paul writes it. He says, to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. In other words, to them, I mean, they were given this unbelievable privilege to make known among the people who don't know God the glorious riches of this mystery. And here was the great mystery, he said, is the glory to be a part of. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He says, the greatest privilege in the world is to be able to share this reality. When you experience Christ in you, you experience the hope of glory, everything you're looking for and longing for. And I know we get lost in our day-to-day, and we get lost in the routine and the rituals and all that stuff, and we forget, but sitting there in Zambia just came alive to me again. We get to be a part of the greatest activity on the planet, introducing Christ to people so they can experience what they're longing for and looking for and all the wrong things. Christ in them, the hope of glory. And... Was there while dedicating one of the hospitals that only exists because of the deep commitment and generosity of those of you who invested in it here in this church family that i realized we're actually doing it we're not just talking about it we're actually doing it we're waking people halfway around the world up to jesus let alone right here in our own communities at our regional campuses in detroit we're actually doing it and I just I sat there at that hospital dedication and I, I just couldn't wait to get home to to share it with my church family with you and I actually shared a portion of this at one of our new lives when I first got back but been looking for a time when I could bring the whole weekend experience into it and this is that time so I'm going to do it last year in our all in series I shared the vision of what we what we could allow God to do through Northridge, what God desires to do through Northridge if we would all take a step into our next commitment to invest in the mission personally to wake the world up to Jesus in our neighborhoods and communities and workplaces and lives and families and, and all that God could do through Northridge if we each took a new step to invest against this mission financially so it could be resourced and over the next two weekends I'm just gonna refocus on all in and I have to tell you I worked so hard I I decided this was such an important series that I was going to put every ounce of creativity that God put in me to work at titling this and so I finally came up with it all in year two that's how creative I am right there I mean I'll whoo I want you to see how big of an impact you're making. I really do. I I think so often we sit here and we feel small. We sit here and we feel lost and alone. We feel isolated. We feel like we're missing out. We feel like the world's going on without us. And I just just pray that God uses this weekend to help you to see what an impact you're making, how important our mission is, and that you get to be a part of it. My hope is that you'll be encouraged, because I know some of us are discouraged, but I hope and pray for far more. I, I hope that every one of you will be inspired, inspired to keep living our mission in your personal lives. I mean, in every place you find yourself being and work and at home, with everyone you meet, all of your thems, to to really be living out the mission to try and wake them up to what they really need, Jesus, at the center of their lives. But but I really want to inspire you to keep, to keep living out our mission by investing generously so that we can make an impact not just here around the world. I, I, I hope you'll be inspired to be all in we believe that there are four significant outcomes that happen in the world when we genuinely wake the world up to Jesus you know the world is going on and I know Jesus is there and without Jesus the world stops spinning but the truth is most people on this planet are are living without Jesus anywhere in their world and and they've got causes and they've got activities and they've got work and they invest themselves but but Jesus isn't there but when we wake Jesus wake them up to Jesus in their world Four things tend to happen in our world. Their lives begin changing. I mean, their lives change. And not just that, leaders change. Those who influence greater sections of the world start changing in every area of of the world where leadership's invested in. And churches begin changing. I grew up in churches and never found Jesus in them. Now that's pretty interesting, right? I mean, I found rituals and traditions and rules and do's and don'ts. I found formulas and activities and had programs, but but I never found Jesus there. It was like, Jesus wasn't there. And I, I had to kind of quit on God and quit on the church before I finally found some people who really knew Jesus and introduced him to me. And I, I woke up to the reality that Jesus isn't a place or a program or a tradition. Jesus is a is a Lord who wants a relationship with me and he transformed my life and and when when we wake the world up to Jesus lives change and leaders change and you know what happens churches start changing they let Jesus back in and people start finding and experiencing his promises again it's an amazing thing and when all of that happens the world starts changing and that's what Jesus came in the world to do to bring light into a world of darkness to to help people experience being found in a world where they've been profoundly lost Well, we're seeing all four of these unbelievable outcomes occur through our ministry. I mean, here in our regional areas and around the world. But but it's, you know… It's hard to speak in big terms. Here are the facts. Here's the data. Thousands of people are being impacted. And and you go, yeah, that's great. That's great. That's great. And so I felt like maybe the best way to give you a picture of the impact we're having as an entire ministry is by focusing down on that place that impacted me so much when I started seeing the story unfold, focusing on Zambia. And I'll use Zambia and the impact we're having there halfway around the world as a simple illustration of the larger impact we're having here in Detroit and, and in all of our regional campus areas and around the world. Does that make sense? And so this is an illustration of the broader impact. In Zambia, lives are changing. When you wake the world up to Jesus, life should be changing, and lives are. I mean, they're finding hope and help and healing and opportunity. and In fact, they're finding it in the name of Jesus, so they're experiencing life and life to the full which can only be experienced as a result of the promise of Jesus until they meet Jesus they never experience true life or fullness and I wanna show you that lives are changing by just focusing in on one story the story of just one of the kids that Roxanne and I are sponsoring if you're a guest here you need to know we have a couple thousand kids that are being sponsored here nearly and and I want you to meet Avon this is just one of the three kids that Roxanne and I sponsor and I met him for the very first time four years ago when I first went to Zambia. And I'm going to tell you, he and his family were in unbelievable hardships. They had no fresh water. They had no understanding of hygiene and sanitation. I mean, um, people were getting sick for no reason at all. I mean, it was a mess. They, they didn't have nutritional proper nutritional intake. They didn't understand principles of agriculture. They, they had no educational opportunities. They, they were missing out on economic abilities. They, they didn't have access to animals or ways to produce for themselves, and they had no accessibility to healthcare. Four years later, I show up and they have fresh water because of the investment we've made they have they, they've learned about hygiene and sanitation they've separated their toilets from their kitchens and they've they've learned to put their dishes up on platforms they've learned about principles of agriculture so they're producing they they have a couple of animals that we've helped them get and, and as a result they're now producing dairy for other people they have accessibility to health care because of the hospitals we as a church built and They also have educational opportunities because we as a church have helped to invest against a school. And you know what's happening? Their lives are changing. Those are great causes. Those are great things. But that's not enough because anybody can help them get an animal or learn hygiene. But but you see, we do it in the name of Jesus. The water came in the name of Jesus and the education came in the name of Jesus and the opportunities came in the name of Jesus. and, And you know what that means? They're waking up to Jesus. Jesus becomes the source of life change for them, and they're waking up spiritually and being transformed spiritually, and I'm telling you, it's awesome. It's awesome. (laughs) Lives are changing. As I was trying to figure out how to, you know, share with you these things, Itzhak Stern's quote from the movie Schindler's List just bounced out at me. Whoever saves one life saves the world entire we're making an impact in thousands of lives. Imagine the impact. We get to do this. We get to put Jesus at the center of these causes. It's an amazing thing. And not only are lives changing, which is the essential part of any mission, but leaders are changing. And the reason this is important is because leaders influence multiple lives. Leaders have influence and sway in their arenas in the places where they invest their influence to wake other people up to stuff. And, and leaders are very often working against all the wrong priorities with all the wrong values, which is why there's such brokenness in the marketplace, and, in, in politics, and in educational circles. Well, but when people start waking up to Jesus, leaders start changing. You change a leader, you change everything they influence. Well, uh, four years ago when I got to go to Zambia the first time, I met Chief Moyo. He's going to be right here in the center of this picture. We're, we're meeting with him. And he was a discouraged guy because everything was going wrong in his community and the Zambian government wasn't helping. And it was like one bad thing happened after another. The community's named after him and his family. He's the king of this particular, this community, Moyo. And, and this year we went back and he's an entirely different human being. I mean there's joy and there's hope and it's because you see he entered into a partnership with people who have woken him up to Jesus who care not in the name of government not in the name of have to not in the name of taxes but in the name of Jesus Christ and he literally stood up and I'm not kidding he stood up at this hospital dedication where I was at and a king usually isn't the most humble guy in the world you should see when he walks in the whole crowd goes I mean they they, all this form And he got up as a humble guy, and he said, you know, this is one of the hardest moments of my life, to express gratitude for a gift such as these hospitals. And he says, it's the hardest moment in my life because it makes me ask the question, what have I ever done to invest sacrificially in someone else? Now, there's a leader who's changing it's gonna change how he makes choices and how he leads and how he makes an impact it's changing in his whole demeanor and how did it happen because you see this this church in Michigan decided that Jesus had so impacted them that they were willing to sacrificially invest against communities in Zambia and as a result leaders are changing that's what happens churches are changing in Zambia they're changing You see, the church is the hope of the world. You might not know this. You might be a guest here, and you might think the church is the biggest problem in the world. And I get it. I grew up in some of these churches where, you know, their politics was more important than Jesus and people and all this different stuff. But I'm going to tell you right now, the church is the hope of the world when it's working right. The problem is most aren't working right. And when you start waking the world up to Jesus, even churches start working right. And, and, and this is going on there. We've decided that we're not going to just go and throw water and medical services and education in these things, but we're going to work with the leaders in these communities, and we believe Jesus needs to be at the center of all of these causes. And so we've invested with World Vision and Partnership to to help come alongside pastors and churches to help them to become the church that's working right so that, that all of this stuff can be transformed into hope in their communities. And it's happening. I had the privilege of sitting in a circle of pastors and church leaders. You'll see a picture of it here. And, and to hear them share of how their lives and their ministries are changing is crazy. We had them say, we used to have kids stay at home so the adults could come and do the important stuff of church. And And because of this partnership and the investment that's going on, we've started realizing kids are the hope of the future. And so we've changed our entire churches now to minister to the needs of kids. And in so doing, we're changing families and lives in our community. And it's because of the investment of people like Northridge over there. It's an um, unbelievable thing. They're, they're, They're actually now caring not just about their church and what's going on in their building. They're caring about helping people in their communities experience the love of Jesus in the ways they need. And it's amazing to me. We had one pastor's wife tell us that as a result of the investment that's now being made over there in them, she's learning how to parent for the very first time a pastor's wife who said the only thing I knew about parenting is what I learned growing up and it was about punishing kids, it was about punishing them. She says now I know it's about training them, investing in them, releasing them into the world and she was in tears. It was an amazing moment and how is this happening? Because we're on mission to wake the world up to Jesus and it's not just going on in Zambia, it's going on all around the world. And when lives change and leaders change and churches change, the world starts changing. That's what happened when Jesus came in, right? The world started changing. There, there was light in this uh, crazy world of darkness, and it's exactly what the world needs. And when we fulfill our mission to wake the world up to Jesus, the light should be shining brighter and brighter and brighter. And I could tell you all kinds of stories, but I kind of thought by right now, you were probably going, yeah, give us someone else to tell us the story. Perfect, great suggestion, we decided to introduce you to a leader whose life is changing on the ground in Zambia as a result of our partnership. And we want her story to help you to see it.
1: Rose. Before we even had a chance of hearing from Northridge, there was a need in Hamaundu and Moyo because we lost about 30 children in six months to malaria. These were registered children. When you think of losing 30 registered children, you also realize that several other children that are not registered must have died. And we were not aware of those. Most of the children died of malaria fever before they reached the health facility because the facility was too far. And there is no transport at all. They had to walk. Others don't even have a bicycle, but malaria fever increases by hour. We started looking around for sponsors or donors that would help us do something about the situation, but we were not successful. Then Northridge came and informed us that they would like to build an infrastructure for the hospital. This was like, wow! It sounded like a mere story. The Ministry of Health planners and directors were asking us a lot of questions. They said, World Vision, do you know what you are talking about? Can you build a hospital? Do you know what it involves? And we said, with our partners, if they want to do it, we will stand in and we are going to build a hospital. This hospital is going to have a theatre, it's going to have a dental clinic, it is going to have an MCH wing, it will have a ward for the children. So these lives are going to be saved, not only the children but the adults as well. And that's why the communities are celebrating. To the people from Northridge Church who came together to donate this money, on behalf of my country and the communities where we work, I would like to say a big thank you. You do not understand what difference your donation has made. You will need to visit to come and prove the extent and the scope of the help and the difference that it has made. It's a great, great help. Because it's not only going to save lives, but it has ministered the love of God to the people in that community. The chief was so overwhelmed, he said, when one receives such a gift like this, the question is, what have I given? Another person said, if people have not been praying, this is the turning point. When you see others do so much for you, you also want to help others. Because it shows what God has done for you. How can this God speak to people in a foreign country, exercise their hearts, put a burden upon their heart to provide such an infrastructure which costs so much money? There is no one who knows when this institution would have been made in that place. Probably never. But your love has demonstrated the love of God to the people of Moyo and Hamawundu. As a Zambian, I'm so grateful, and I know what our people feel and say. They are really saying this is a miracle gift from God through Northridge Church. Thank you very much.
0: the world is literally changing there because of these hospitals the Zambian government is now sending in national medical figures to be involved with this and they are sending in this is weird you you know here in America what you do is you first build roads then you send in the electric you build all the infrastructure then you build the hospitals (laughs) that's not how it works here because of this investment of these hospitals now the government is sending in roads and electricity and infrastructure this community would have never had and that's happening because of Jesus it's awesome And so the economic development the medical development the educational development is all helping to transform these people spiritually because it's all being done in the name of jesus think about this a church has been a part of leading to these world changes because that's exactly what happens when you wake the world up to jesus lives change leaders change churches change and the world changes and it's not just our communities it's the nation of Zambia that's being impacted and I've got to bring it back to why we do this a lot of times when we sit in places and we talk about being generous and giving and investing ourselves personally and financially it's oh man look at what they want from us look what they want from us look at what they want from us no I mean it's not about what anyone here wants from someone. It's about what we want for you, to be involved in and experience the greatest activity on the planet, waking up to Jesus and waking others up to Jesus. The reason we do this isn't because we want a name for ourselves. I mean, if it's only about a name on an ambulance, seriously, We do it because we've experienced the love of Jesus transforming our lives, and we want to show other people the same kind of love. That's what love does. The number one question I was asked over there is, why does a church halfway around the world care about us? And there's only one answer. Because Jesus cared about us, we care about you. We need to show them his love. That's why we do this. We've discovered his truth. It set us free. We, we believed lies until we found His truth. It set us free, and so now we want to tell people His truth so they too can experience freedom. We've, we've been privileged in a world of, of betrayal and isolation and aloneness. We've been privileged to be invited in by Jesus and those who love Jesus to be involved in community. I mean the deep and profound and intimate relationships we can have with people who really do love because of what Jesus has done in their life they've invited us to be involved in community this this is a community of people who care deeply about each other and we want to now invite others who feel isolated and all alone in Chief Moyo I can't tell you how isolated and alone he felt as a leader who had no solutions for his people and how now included We didn't come in and solve his problems. We came in and became his partner. And his leadership was what helped change his community with people coming in and partnering with him. And you know, he doesn't feel isolated anymore. He feels involved. And he actually feels a part of what Jesus is doing. It's an amazing gig. Matthew 18, verse 20 says, For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. We can experience Jesus all alone, but we experience the power of his promises and presence more together than we do alone. And that's why we're going there to involve people. I want you to realize our two community development projects, Moyo and Hamando, over in Zambia, are changing lives. and A great deal of it's financed by the fact that many of us have have decided to sponsor kids. We, as a church family, nearly 2,000 kids sponsored in these two communities so that the development could go on and it's changing lives. But I, I don't want you to lose sight. That was just one vehicle through which we could help in Zambia, but you need to know that when you give to Northridge Church it's impacting life change and leader change and church change and world change here and around the world. This is all we're doing we're taking Jesus into each cause and helping the world wake up to him. It's not about the money, it's about resourcing the mission and we get to be a part of this. If you're giving to Northridge all-in, if you give to Northridge it's going to to our all-in ministry which is about waking the world up to Jesus, you're making it possible for this church family to fulfill God's mission to make a significant impact here and around the world. And so as your pastor, no one does it for me. They shouldn't do it for me. I'm like you, just part of this community with a leadership privilege. But let me just tell you something. We give to God, but, but because I'm the pastor here, I just have to say it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for understanding that you get to be part of the greatest adventure on the planet, waking people up to Jesus. People are being transformed here and around the world because you're willing to go without something to give to the cause. I want to encourage you to, to not just give financially. I want to encourage you to, in your own daily lives, seek to put Jesus at the center. Remember, it's not just people over in Zambia or around the world who need Jesus. People here need Jesus. You, you can make a huge difference by showing them as love, by telling them as truth, and by including them in your everyday lives because they too feel isolated and alone. You're the church. Northridge is not a building and it's not an organization. I know if you're newer here or you're a guest, you come in, oh my gosh, this is a big place. Look at this thing. Oh, they, whoa, whoa, and you get lost in it, but don't. This is a community of people. The building is just a place for us to gather. We're committed together to going all in to do exactly what's happening in Zambia in every part of the world including our own neighborhoods to wake the world up to Jesus. And I want to encourage you to get involved personally. So many people come and they sit and they get inspired and they leave and they come and they sit and they get inspired and they leave but they never ever seek to wake someone else up to Jesus to show them his love, to tell them his truth, to involve them, to invite them to be a part of the community. And I want to encourage you in every setting of your life, you should be getting involved in this. And, And then realize that in order to resource change like this place is making, we have to give. I mean, we just do. And I just want to encourage you to step in. And this is a spiritual issue. Do you realize the number one replacement God is money? That's the number one replacement God. God's the only one that can provide security, but we look to money for security. God's the only one that can provide joy, and we look to money for joy. God's the only one that can provide hope, and we look for money for hope. God's the only one that can give us value, and we look to money for value. And it's not working. And Jesus taught us to give because when we let go of money, which He has provided for us, we're saying we trust you more than your gift. And every single day of the spiritual journey is a day of learning to trust Him more than ourselves, to trust Him more than our stuff. And so it's a spiritual journey. And I I want you to know I've been on this journey a long time, and every single one of us has a next step to take in this journey. And last year I introduced you to the the giving journey, the journey of generosity. I just want to share, every one of us has a next step to take. Some of you need to give for the first time. I mean for the very first time, you might not know this, but the vast majority who attend here, and we're glad you're here, and this isn't a judgment or attack, but the vast majority who attend here have not given for the first time. They've not given for the first time. That's a big first step. And then once you make that step, there's a second step. This is when you start giving occasionally. You give once and you realize you didn't die. And you go, every once in a while, if I'm inspired, maybe I'll give again. And you start giving occasionally, and maybe some of you need to take that step. Then the third step is to start giving intentionally. This is where you say, I'm not going to wait to be inspired. I'm going to give weekly or monthly, and I'm going to give a percentage of my thing. I'm going to make it intentional, and that's a step you could take. And then there's a next step. It's the tithing step. Simply means giving a tenth of everything God gives you, and you go, what, a tenth? I know, when you live on 110%, it's pretty tough to think about giving 10%, right? We need to learn how to live, not by trusting our finances to make us happy, but by trusting our God to make us happy, and and ultimately be free enough to be able to give 10%, and that's where some of you need to get. And just so you know, in this church, it's pretty, it's a lot less than 5% who tithe. A lot of people talk about it. Very few people do it. I mean, we don't even trust God with the minimum thing. You go, well, 10%. He gives you 100% of it, and He only asks you for 10% of it so that you don't love what He gives you more than Him. I mean, it's not a real bad deal if you think about it, but that's some people's next step, and it took me a long time to get to that step. It was a hard one, and then there's the next step. Some of you go, wait, I tithe. I'm there, right? I've arrived. Jesus is up there applauding me. No, there's a next step. And you know what it is? Extravagant giving. Extravagant giving. Where we start saying, I'm not going to just give what God's set as a minimum standard. I'm going to start giving generously beyond like He does. And you might say, well, I'm already doing that. Do you realize, Roxanne and I have been probably now in the extravagant giving category for, I don't know, two, three decades and we're still challenged every year to take another step into extravagant giving until we're giving a hundred percent and let me tell you we've got a long way to go for that until we're giving a hundred percent we still have movement to make an extravagant giving and I just want to challenge you I mean we get to be a part of this great adventure of changing lives and leaders and churches in the world and I mean and we can make a big dent in it by just giving Take your next step. If you're not yet participating in our mission, personally or financially, I want to encourage you to join us to to go all in. It's the greatest adventure of life. We're going all in so we can go all out to wake the world up to Jesus so we can help everyone in the world find all they're looking for and in your program we put a brochure and I'm not gonna read you this brochure I really want to encourage you to look at this there's even a card that I'm gonna highlight next week where where you can say I'm gonna take my next step and I'm gonna move forward in my financial generosity in this place so we can move forward and some of you did that last year and maybe you haven't started or you finished and maybe you're being rechallenged, but but you can be praying about that be praying about that but as we we're gonna to move towards worship to end the service I just felt like I needed to share some things that I know. And, and I, I, this is important because I've reawakened to these things. Sitting there in Zambia at the hospital dedication, remember I was the one who led in casting the vision to do it and I was the one who was you know on the ground trying to engage these partnerships and I was a part of you know spelling out our 16 word mission to wake the world up to Jesus and yet I'm telling you sitting there in Zambia The profound privilege we have to be a part of this reawakened in me. This is not a duty. This is a privilege. And I just, I think so many of us are sitting on the sidelines and not getting involved personally. And so many of us are sitting on the sidelines and not giving personally that that you need to be reminded. You need to be reminded that the world needs us. The world needs us. This is not a side option thing we do called church. You see, the world has tons of causes. There are tons of people trying to do education in the world, trying to do, you know, agriculture in the world, trying to. The world has tons of causes, but it doesn't have Jesus. And our mission is to take Jesus to the center of every cause. Detroit's got a lot of people investing in her. And I'm very glad. I want, I'm jealous for Detroit to finally be better than Chicago, Detroit, Midland, you know? I mean, I, I think Detroit has resources. If it, if, it, if it was doing right, it could be just a center of the world in spite of 15 inches of snow, you know? But it will never happen no matter how many causes are in Detroit until Jesus is at the center of the cause. So Northridge Church, the world needs us because we want to take Jesus to the center of every cause because everyone needs Jesus. I want to remind you that the world would be worse off without us if this place didn't exist. There are other churches. I get it. We're not the only church. But I'm going to tell you the world would be worse off without us. Thousands of people wouldn't know peace, contentment, love, forgiveness, healing, salvation, joy, generosity, significance, or hope if it weren't for this church family. There would be fewer leaders using their influence for eternal purposes in the medical world, in the academic world, in the political world, in the business world, in the spiritual world. There would be fewer churches influencing our culture because many churches actually look to us and are influenced by us and the world would have less light shining in it. And then this really came home to me. The world will be better the more successful we are. This is so important. I'd be saying, oh, we're already successful, we're already big, we're already doing this stuff. It's good. I mean, obviously enough people are giving. Why would I have to give? I mean, look what's going on. Come on. Enough people are serving. Come on. No, there aren't. Because, you see, the world will be better off the more successful we are they'll be better off the more lives that are changed because we take Jesus to the center of our causes and there'll be more leaders changed and churches change and, and the world will change. The, there aren't just two communities in Zambia. There aren't just United States and Zambia. There, there's a world out there who needs Jesus. And the more we do, the better off our world will be. Our success as a church is important to our world. The success of our church depends, though, on how many of us go all in. You know, our our church has done a lot and that's awesome. But our church hasn't even come close to touching the hem of the garment of what we can do to take Jesus to the center of the world because we have so many people sitting on the sidelines. If every single one of us went into our marketplace setting and lived this mission, imagine the marketplace would change. If everyone went into our community and we tried to wake our communities up to Jesus, imagine how our communities would change. If, if every single one of us sacrificially gave generously of our finances, imagine the things we could do in other places around the world in Detroit. The more successful we are, the more of an impact and the better this world off will be. We invest in a lot of things as people, but very often we're investing in things that will make no difference at all in this world when we could invest in something that can change this world, and I want to encourage you to do it. The only thing holding us back, this I know, the only thing holding us back from being even more successful, from waking even more people up to Jesus, is what we're holding back, and you need to know that the only thing holding us back from changing more lives more leaders more churches in the world is what we are holding back and I want to encourage you stop holding back become a part of the greatest privilege known to man because when God's people go all in they change the world but when God's people don't go all go all in the world changes them. and I'm gonna tell you most churches and more Christians are more like the world than Jesus. And that's exactly what happens when they don't go all in. Jesus said it, you can't even be my followers unless you give everything you are to me. And So I just want to tell you, the choice is ours as a church family. The choice is ours. Look at Luke twelve forty-eight: From everyone who's been given much, much will be demanded. The choice is ours. What will we do with this great opportunity God has given us? Which boils down to this truth. The choice is yours because see this church isn't an organization this church is people and its strength is going to be based upon how many of us are committed together to going all in. There was a church that Jesus spoke to in the Revelation and he was speaking to this church. They sang in Jesus' name. They taught in Jesus' name. They did good deeds in Jesus' name. And that this is what Jesus said to them. I'm standing at the door knocking. And all you have to do is open the door and I'll come in. And I'll do life with you. And I believe until we go all in, as long as we're holding back, what we're really doing is we're keeping Jesus out. And I believe the way to change this world is by going all in opening our chest fully to Jesus and letting him transform us so that in us lives will change leaders will change churches will change and the world will change and all we have to do is go all in let's do it together would you pray with me father in heaven I thank you so much for this moment this moment when we get to refocus on the great privilege we have to be a part of taking you into each cause in the world. Let us do it better. Let us do it well and help us to be successful. Motivate each and every one of us to take our next step and to go all in. And we'll thank you for how the world will change. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: the way that each of us lives this week. Just so you know, there's going to be people down here if you have a need or you need something to pray, need someone to pray with you. There's going to be people down front, so please come down. Please be a part of that. Other than that, be safe out there. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon.